Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hear this, hear this, right now. Welcome. Prime Time with Isaac and Souk. What is going on up here? I never know, man. Unbiased. Shut, shut your shame up. Uncompromised sports talk without the sugar coating. I hope you're happy. You wasted everyone's life for 30 seconds. Isaac Rupp and Jason Sukanik. Now shut up and let me do my job. The best in sports coverage. This is going to be great. This is Prime Time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Ahoy, welcome in here on a uh, post-Super Bowl Tuesday. No, Rob, contrary to popular belief, I do not believe he is dying, but uh, he is sick. Anyone that was uh, wondering if he was playing hooky from the Super Bowl, uh, we do not believe that is the case now because he is sick again, although it's possible that he's just playing the long game, and he knew if he came back today it would look suspicious, so now he's going to sit out Tuesday, come back Wednesday, pretend to have a little sniffle, and he'll be back, but we pray for his return. But Ryan Buckley's here with me, and Hello. Uh, the great man bun that is Andrew Nemec joins me as well. Thank you, boys. How's it going, man? Oh, fine. I'm feeling good. I do not have uh, whatever Rob has. The uh, he was to to be fair, he was a little under the weather last week. Yeah, he didn't sound great toward the tail end for sure. Well, I think it was because he went to Vegas and he came back, and the last time he was in Vegas, he got COVID, and it about killed him. Like he, I don't know anyone that got COVID bad. Like no one in my sphere got COVID that I know really bad. Rob got it, and because I had COVID for like eight hours, like I, I got it, tested positive, and like a day later, I was fine. Now you still had to do like the whatever it was. I think at the time, I think they, they said 72 hours I had to stay away or something. Yeah, you had to social distance. Yeah, yeah. but like... Quarantine. I, yeah, I went on a bike ride like a day after I got it. You know, I figured I, was, I felt great. It was outside, sunshine, no one around me. Like put a sign on my back, stay away, COVID positive, went outside, <laughs> pedal, pedal, I'm fine. And and that was everyone I... Like some people I knew, like my, my gal got it. She was sick for like, I don't know, maybe a day, day and a half. Uh, my daughter had some of the sense of smell stuff for or a couple weeks, but no one I know really got it bad. And uh, Rob was bad. Like, Rob was down, I want to say, for like eight, nine days. And he says it was the sickest he's ever been. So he went down to Vegas uh, right before the Super Bowl, went down for his wife's birthday, came back, and he texted us and was like, hey, boys, uh, just FYI, I'm not, I'm not feeling so hot. Going to test for COVID. And we're like, oh, Vegas, gotcha. And he said he tested negative. He tested two or three times last week and uh, all negative, but he said it was kind of feeling like crap. Powered through it, and then I guess the weekend hit, and blammo. He said he was down horizontal, so uh, we're hoping, knock on wood or whatever this is, some sort of uh, laminate. Faux marble? Faux, yeah. Knock on faux marble. I don't think okay. it's real marble. I might I might be wrong about no, that. No, it's not real marble because <laughs> underneath is wood. <laughs> I don't it's think any, not. Is there any radio studio in America that's like, you know what we need right now? Let's put in some marble countertops. I don't think that's really a thing right now. Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. Budgetary uh, concerns around the, the radio world, I think, would prevent that. If you're putting marble in, like, the next person that asks for a raise around here for like a buck and a half and, and gets told no, but it comes in and sits in front of a marble tabletop, I think that might be a little bit of a, that might be a little bit of a rub. 
Well, it's it's not even particularly close to looking like real marble. I know Buck's not in here a ton, but if you're in this room, it it doesn't. Look... Oh, we have the same surface. Oh, in okay, here. it doesn't look real marble. To <laughs> no, me. no, it, but it also it's doesn't look clearly like, not real. It marble. doesn't look like wood either. And I know it's some composite. Oh, it's la- something. Yeah, it's, a, it's a laminate. Yeah, it's some it's some form of laminate. Like you, it's it's like you're flipping a house. You want to make it look nice, but like from what is it? The, what is that? The old uh, clueless, like the Monet. Good from afar, far from good. One of those. You just need it to look nice when you walk in. But you don't want it to be like, unless you have some super high-end house, who's putting in like the nicest fixtures known to man? Like I got a buddy of mine who's like that. When he like builds his house, he brings in like light fixtures from Belgium. And there's always a couch that's the most uncomfortable couch you've ever sat on, but it costs like more than your car. It's one of those. The rest of us. $30,000 couch, but don't sit on it. Yeah. The yeah. rest of us, it's because it's, I remodeled the house or two. You, you go with practical things. The one time I remodeled, the one time I built a house in the center and I put in really nice hardwood floors. I thought it'd be like, I was like, I'm going to splurge. I've always wanted like really nice, like hardy plank, like the big barn kind of hardwood floor looking thing. So I went with that. And within a year, my dogs had just destroyed it. Mm. It was like the most frustrating. And it's, it's awful when you live like that because then everything revolves around not scratching the floor. Right. You become that person. You come into the house and I'm yelling at you. like, take off your shoes. <laughs> Don't let the dogs in. You're just yelling. Constantly, someone drops something, there's a chip in your floor. It's just, it's maddening. Like, you just, it's a terrible way to live. If you ever have something that's really nice, I don't know if you've ever had, whether it's, like, you get a pair of, like, brand new Jordans that are really expensive, or, you know, like, a a new car. I like how when you're you're talking about things, you have to relate it to shoes. I don't know if you've ever had anything nice, like a pair of shoes, Nimic. Yes, I've had nice things, Sook, beyond a pair of shoes. You know there's people people out there, though, that that spend, like, a grand on a pair of shoes, and then... Don't want to wear them anywhere. They either don't want to wear them anywhere or they do wear them anywhere. And then for the rest of the night, it's all about don't touch my shoes. Well, that's the one thing. I mean, not to get into a shoe discussion, but people get hot, hot shoe talk. People get suede Jordans and you can't you can't wear them in the rain. It no. ruins them. Yeah. So people in Portland buy suede Jordans. And they're like, these were $800 Jordans. It's like, cool. Good luck wearing them one time a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, why did you even buy those? Well, they say like if you buy like a nice car, say like open up the hood, take your keys and just scratch the S out of the underneath of your hood because you'll get the first one out of the way. <laughs> right? That makes sense. Because yeah, it's 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 one of those, like, if you buy a new car, we've all been there, right? Whether it's a super nice car or not. If you buy a new car, especially if it's your first new car, you can't tell me you spend the first six months just petrified. Nobody eating the car. No Nobody. one eat. No one eating the car. You're like you give everyone like you, you give everyone seventeen feet of distance on you the park road in the back of the parking lot. Yes. Yeah, I get it. And like a year later, right? It's just like you're, the floor of your car just looks like a Seven Eleven parking lot. <laughs> it's just full of just just trash and debris and. You're putting down cigarette butts on the dash. You got like 17 dents in. You're like, whatever. That crack in your windshield that's been there for eight months, you're not fixing it. I bought an old used Explorer when I turned uh, 16. I'd saved up I'd saved up money. It was like I scraped together all I could afford. It had, I think, 80 or 90,000 miles on it. And it was, it was in fine shape on the exterior. It looked great. And then I backed over my own mailbox, and I put a tiny little dent right in the back. And I was so effing mad about it because I couldn't remove it. And I'm like, I ruined it. I ruined my brand new car. And it's like, you know, it just it feels like the weight of the world comes crashing down when you make that first little nick or bump or, or, or dent. Yeah, when you, there is something to driving a POS or, 
I don't know, having something. Or that, a Subaru Forester. Or a Subaru Forester. <laughs> but are I'm we sure. both Forester bros? We are. Oh, nice. my God. You guys are both Forester bros. <laughs> Forester gals. Have you guys, like, your, your cycles synced up now? Is Almost. It, pretty wow, much. That's, yeah. he, he also, you know, he, hosts, or he produces the recruiting show. So, yeah, we're oh pretty synced up. God. That's where we do most of our syncing, really. That's adorable that you two drive around in matching Foresters. That's so cute. I used to have hair as long as Nemex, too, but I, that's, we're a ways away from that now. Yeah, the man bun's a little bit gone. You do have kind of like a hippie sweater on to go with your man bun and the Subaru Forester. I know. You're, pl- you're playing the role of Pacific Northwest. Uh, like and my what, shoes icon. say, what's up, dude? <laughs> really they actually do right yeah those are what's those up, are the, the, the what's up dude, what's up, dude? you yeah. couldn't be more broy right now if you if you tried drinking a c4 yeah you're gonna head up to the uh the the the, the mountain now and get some fresh pow pow we got all that snow up in the mountains you know what you can't hurt me i survived a ruptured <laughs> eardrum man there's nothing you could say to me yeah well like we've tried to do a couple shows over the last few weeks when when rob's been out but you haven't been able to do it because you you uh yeah you got no eardrum yeah, I ruptured my so eardrum all for the second, up. the second time in my life. I did it in college, and they said, you're going to have issues forever with it, and it can happen again. So I got a bad sinus infection, and it, it popped in the night on right before signing day. So I literally, it happened at like 1.30 in the morning before signing day. I just stayed up and wrote all my recruiting stories. So I tried to write and predict where every kid I had to cover would go. Yeah. And in some cases, I have quotes. Like A lot of the kids tell me a week before they commit where sure. they're going, so I have quotes ready to go. But in some cases, I had to guess. So like Nicholas Harbor committing to Oregon, Nicholas Harbor committing to South Carolina. So I wrote like nine stories, and that got me to about 6.30 in the morning. So I wrote for like five hours. Because when you rupture your eardrum, it takes a little while before you're done for. You got about six to eight hours, maybe a little longer, mm. and then you're in trouble. You get start getting the spins. You start having issues. So I knew I had a little time. Uh, the There's a hospital or like a Providence or whatever by Gateway that opens at 7. All the other ones open at 8. So I got there, was waiting outside, was the first person they saw. Within 15 minutes, I got a prescription to deal with the ruptured eardrum and everything. Went home, and it was probably 9 o'clock that day all the symptoms hit and i i was supposed to stay up and write i fell asleep because i got dizzy and had to lay down yeah. and just fell asleep for like four hours and i felt on bad. signing day and i felt bad because i had to make fun of you <laughs> because you you and your family bless their heart you have the most injury sick riddled yeah man group of people of all time well, you're so, like that weird like hillbilly family i'm gonna end up making you feel bad because because this in this last <laughs> oh, couple weeks God, i'm gonna feel terrible. you're about you're about to feel bad oh, in the last couple oh, weeks hell. um Moochie had to go to the emergency room. Yeah. And they found an underlying condition. Your kid, by the way. My kid, people don't she's know. four. Yeah. They found an underlying condition that is part of the reason she's been having issues, and they're going to treat it. Um, my wife went to urgent oh, care. For hell's sakes. Now she, I do feel terrible. She has an underlying condition, and what, she either is going to need surgery or, or maybe serious medication the rest of her life. So we've been sick for like four or five months do off you, and on. Do you live like uh, on? Do you live on Camp Lejeune? Are you no, underneath just, some power line? What the hell is happening over there? We just had a really bad. I mean, honestly, like it's one of those things where we've been healthy. Like Chantel is like healthy all the time. She's that person that like goes through elementary school without missing a day. Yeah kind of thing we've just had a really bad run and it really is one of those things in life where you have your health and then suddenly you don't and you start going man i just want to be healthy so moochie is gonna be okay now but she had three months where she was like throw up sick for yeah like every every time i talk to you there's like something else going on i feel bad because then i yell at you to stay away from me like Nemec comes in and i'm like hey man what's up and he's like oh this i'm like get the hell away from me i don't know what's happening over there but I don't want anything to do with it. So, but it's terrifying, and I feel bad for you. But at the same time, 
You stay over there. Yeah, no, you stay I, on that side I, of the room. I get it. I just think now that we we have some diagnoses, um, <laughs> I think we're gonna be okay. But right. it, it's been rough, man. Yeah. They've both been really sick. Yeah. for three, my wife and my child have been really sick. And the, rup- and and the ruptured eardrum is nothing to sneeze at. I had one twenty five yeah, it's years ago. Too, yeah, it's no good. And uh, by the way, welcome to the world of washed out uh, hearing. Although the nice part is you can use it now as an excuse. Like when I want to tune out my gal. Uh, I can do all the time, honey. I have bells and whistles over here, because <laughs> I had I had a Q-tip shoved all the way through mine. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, one of the more I, I will admit, that's I, bad. I have a good pain threshold. I you know it's I I handle stuff well. I don't know if I've ever handled a situation more poorly than that. Uh, I was cleaning my ear in the morning, and my my dog jumped up, hit my arm, and the Q-tip went all the way in. Full only thing sticking out was the little tiny nub of the Q-tip. And I tell you, I immediately went face down uh, on the bed, and you know, you do that little like uh, that that girl kick, yeah, where you do like the little your your feet flutter, and then you go. Eh, eh, yeah. eh. It was that. Yeah. There was nothing manly about it at all. There was a lot of screaming and crying. Although on the plus side, I met one of my very best friends. Well, the guy that I went and saw who yanked the Q-tip out of my ear and treated him, me. Man. He's been my doctor and one of my best friends for twenty plus years. So now. the first time I did it, it hurt like that. It yeah. hurt bad. It sucks. But once it once it's happened, they told me it it might happen to you a few more times because it's it's weak. It yeah. didn't heal right and everything. So this time I felt it go. It just went in the night, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's my ear popping, and that's my I ruptured my eardrum." Whew. And it it's not. It doesn't feel good. I'm not saying it feels good. Yeah. It's just you can fun. I can kind of function. Right. Well, but we're happy I'm, you're here. We press on. Plenty of stuff to talk about today. And we got a brand new text line, 503-864-6FAN, 503-864-6326. At 3.30, we'll head over to Sean Hyken at the Rose Garden Report. Talk a little Blazers with him. At 4 o'clock, we're going to head out to KC. we got a, a, a beat reporter uh, on the ground there in Kansas City. Talk about what the Chiefs have uh, to look forward to. And then plenty of NFL news and notes, which I know anytime you come in, we always do the NFL meat sandwich, both football junkies. So plenty of stuff to get to today on a Sukhanemic edition of Primetime right here, 1080 The Fan. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That music means it is time for the Tenet of the Fam poll question brought to you by AAA Heating and Cooling, a family business helping families for over 60 years. Go to AAAIAQ.com. 
You can log on to Twitter, find us at 1080 the fan, and we simply ask you this question today. Besides the Chiefs, who are already the odds-on favorite to repeat plus 600 next year, which contender from last season is most likely to win Super Bowl 58? I give you the Eagles, the Bengals, the Bills, the Niners. Those are your next favorites up. Mr. Nemec, what say you? Man, I, I really think it's the Chiefs or the Bengals. I, I think the Chiefs, this was a year, and we talked about this a little off the show, but this was not supposed to be the Chiefs' year. No, they, it was a little weird. This they, was like almost a rebuild. They were feeling out a little bit what they were going to be like without Tyreek Hill. Uh, you look at the end of the year and just the number of rookies that were playing for them, significant snaps on defense. This was maybe going to be a transition year, and, and when you have Mahomes and Andy Reid, there's no such thing, right? I mean, yeah. they, that's that's the luxury of having those two together is every year's a chance. But in the spectrum of best Chiefs teams, I think there were Chiefs teams that lost and didn't make, you know, didn't win the Super Bowl that were that were better teams. Uh, But but they put it together. So I think the Chiefs are going to be really good next year. And I think the Bengals with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase still on on rookie deals. I, I was upset in the preseason. We did a whole segment where one of my takes was just I was upset with the Bengals that they left a good chunk of money on the table. And I said, your offense is set. You've invested in your O-line. Yeah, that go was big. great. But go big and and, yeah. and bolster this defense because if you have a pretty good defense, and that was fairly early in free agency when there were still pieces potentially to grab, I think they, they potentially used a year where they were probably financially and fiscally savvy or maybe fiscally conservative with what they were doing with their roster. And I don't know if you can afford to do that when you've got a quarterback and an elite receiver on a rookie deal. Instead, go big. Yeah. And I think they will this offseason. And if you bolster that defense even a little bit and they've got the offense they've got, even if Mixon moves on, I think they'll be okay. And so I, I think the Bengals and Chiefs are really well positioned to be really good, not, not even just next year, but for the first future yeah and, and you can make the argument too that look at how close that that Cincinnati Kansas City game was right I mean and that was with Kansas City or excuse me, Kansas City at home and Cincinnati down three starting linemen um, and that was an issue all game I, again I think you can make a strong argument and this is why Super Bowls are so funky to begin with if Cincinnati has a healthy old line the last two years you can they, they probably should have a Super Bowl championship yeah but you're right I remember in the offseason they didn't they didn't remember they got into the contract dispute with Jesse Bates you look at what like Philly did going out and get uh, Gardner Johnson like from New Orleans like Philly was one of those teams that went in last year. I mean, they, they they loaded up. And it feels like of those teams, I think Philly may be primed to take the biggest step backwards of any of those teams, which, again, just goes to show you how weird it is, these windows in the NFL. They open and close so fast, and yet you look at Kansas City and the way they're set up. We talked a little bit about this yesterday uh, when we weren't actually talking about the game itself. That's the kind of the, the, the scary thing with Kansas City is what you were saying is it's a little bit of a rebuild. Kansas City might be in better position than any of those teams. When you look at the favorites of the Eagles, Bengals, Bills, Niners, Chiefs, I think Kansas City, not just next year, but Kansas City for the next three or four years, may be in a better position than any of those any of those teams. The, the one piece, and, and they've got a good O-line, and it's a young O-line with guys like Creed Humphrey. You know, yeah. I, I like that. Trey Smith. Um, and, they're good. I yeah. mean, they're good. And, and that's a big piece. Obviously, Mahomes is only 27. The one caveat I'd say for the Chiefs is eventually, and they, and they are built for a long run, eventually Travis Kelsey's age is going to catch up to him. And I do think in the league now, and I think the Eagles were a great example of this, and the Chiefs were a great example of it this year, even though they went away from Tyreek because they still had Kelsey. You have to have an absolute alpha at receiver 
or tight end, like a, a pass catcher that has gravitational pull. And you look at that first quarter of that Super Bowl, the Eagles went, let's play him straight. And Kelsey had like 60 yards receiving on the first two drives that just torched him. And the rest of the time. And they, then they, they went, yeah. we have to bracket him. We have to do things with him. And that opened up things for Juju. And it opened up things for the run game. So I, and then obviously the Eagles going to A.J. Brown. I think eventually they're going to have to find an answer for that. But that's a problem not for next year. That's a problem for three and four years down the road. Well, it's that's the only caveat I have with the Chiefs is they need to find an alpha receiver at some point when Kelsey ages. But for now, they're ready to roll. When you look at the last handful of years, I used to think that receivers coming into to the NFL, there was a high bust rate. Look, there's a, there's a bust rate at every position. But it feels like receivers lately, um, let's say the last, let's go six to seven years, Boy, I feel like there is a lot to like about receivers coming out of college. Agreed. That that more offenses are becoming, more NFL offenses are geared to more of the, of the college style and what they're doing. And so when you look at over the last, you know, handful of years, and I'm not even talking about just at the top, but I mean, if you want to look at the top, everything from Jefferson to Alave to Garrett Wilson. I mean, it's on a T. Higgins. You know, there, there is just so many good young wide receivers coming out that. Yeah, I, I know you have to have a beast. I just, you know, that it's 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 almost like to me receivers are becoming a little bit like running backs in that, yeah, if, if I got to pay someone, eh, you've got to be really, really special. Otherwise, you know what, I'll, I'll save the cost and I'll move down because I have to pay my quarterback because I, I just feel like more and more I'm going to be able to find receivers, top-end receivers, and certainly depth receivers not even necessarily in the first round, but down down my board, second, third round. Yeah, and I, I just I, I disagree with that. And 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 I get what you're saying, I hear you. But those elite guys unlock so much. Look at what happened with Josh Allen when he finally got Stephon Diggs. Yep. He evolved into an MVP candidate from being a guy that was league average and mistake prone. But I'm you with you. At- I, I, I agree with you, but I'll, I'll push back. I think there's a difference between having a quarterback that's developing Yes, if I'm a young, like if I'm Justin Fields, you're doing Justin Fields no no help by what you're doing in Chicago. Right. You look at what A.J. Brown did for Jalen Hurts and like you mentioned Diggs and, and with, with Josh Allen. But to me, if you have, if you have an established culture and you have an established, um, you have an established QB, you better make sure that that guy you're paying truly is elite. You better make sure that guy is truly special. Um, now, if you've got Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, then that's like, like you decided to let AJ Brown go. That to me is ridiculous. And but built I, around Tannehill. And built around Tannehill. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that there is this notion of, well, he's my number one receiver, so we have to pay him. You start getting into that 20, 20 plus million. Oh, I, I just I think that that is going to become that's going to be along with quarterback that's going to be start that's going to start to be the question of who do you pay, who do you let go? Yeah. I, I hear that. I just think you need gravitational pull, and you, and you look at the teams that that advanced in the in you know in the playoffs the last few years. The Bengals have Jamar Chase. the The Chiefs have had Tyreek Hill. Then they they moved on, but they still had Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. The Bills had Diggs. The Niners were good, but until Debo became that scary threat that could that yeah. could stretch you horizontally and vertically, they didn't really fall in in sync. You need a weapon a downfield weapon with with some sort of gravitational pull where he pulls the 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 safety over he pulls an out, an outside linebacker an inside linebacker 
over just to create space. I think it matters. Even as good as Mahomes is, even as good as Josh Allen is, those guys really unlocked who they were by having a guy like a Travis Kelsey for Josh Allen, having a Stephon Diggs. I, I do think it matters, but I hear you. That piece better be in place first and foremost. Quarterback first and foremost, and then I think you need one one elite weapon. Yeah, and, and to be fair, not everyone's Patrick Mahomes. Like you look at what totally he, generational. That's a, right. that he's he is a he is a different animal. He's the first guy to win a Super Bowl in modern era, taking up more than twelve and a half percent of the cap. He loses Tyree Kill, and it doesn't seem to matter. And look, outside of Travis Kelsey, he did it with essentially a no name cast. That is the closest thing we've seen to Tom Brady, where. You just had, the, you want to talk about a gravitational a gravitational pull, you had the freaking sun. And then everything else around him, outside of Kelsey, it was okay, but it certainly wasn't elite, and it didn't really matter because you ended up with that one guy that's truly special. Not many of those guys out there. All right, we'll circle back to the NFL when we come back next. Uh, Sean Hyken of the Rose Garden Report joins us. Talk a little Portland Trailblazers. Here, though, is Buck with SportsCenter. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Get back to football here in a bit, but we'll take a little uh, respite here to talk about the pro team. We've got Sean Hyken of the Rose Garden Report. You can find his stuff, rosegardenreport.com, or on Twitter, at Hyken. Always enjoy uh, Sean taking a few minutes for us. What's going on, my man? Uh, how you guys doing? Doing good. Been a little bit of a 48 hours. Yeah, I, w- I would say so. It's It's been a stretch. Well, right in the middle of all the Super Bowl stuff, and then we had this like soap opera, he said, she said thing. I... I understand that this is a big deal, but God, it feels petty. Like even for the NBA, like drama, it feels petty. Yeah, and then especially when you look, uh, so the the night after this whole thing went down, the the Saturday night, because the the news broke of the Warriors' issues with Gary Payton's physical, and yeah. then Joe Cronin's press conference that same night. The following night, uh, the Warriors played a game at. 
acres and Gary Payton was, and they showed this on TV. Like this was like clipped and, and, and it was just like, it was out there, but Gary Payton was sitting on, you know, in the stands with Bob Myers, the Warriors GM and Mike Dunleavy Jr., who I believe is their vice president of basketball operations. So it's, and he was wearing a Warriors sweatshirt. So it's like at that point, there was no way that they were ever going to actually rescind the trade and not have it go through. They just kind of wanted to, you know, for what, for whatever reason, they wanted to make it known that they had issues with his medicals and with the way that the Blazers, in their opinion, handled the whole situation in terms of transparency and maybe the handling of the injury and whatever else, at least from their perspective. And then I, my favorite part about the whole thing is then that the, they asked him to look into the Larry Nance. You're asking the NBA to look into trades that didn't even involve Golden State. Like, what? Like it's the weirdest. I, I honestly can't remember a weirder story involving an NBA trade in, in my 20 years of doing this. I mean, I can think of ones off the top of my head that were maybe much more impactful than this well, ended because or that didn't happen because uh, somebody failed a physical. But I yeah. think that that wasn't that wasn't nearly this much of like a this team was accusing this yeah. team of impropriety I or mean, whatever else. People fail physicals all the time, but this wasn't like. And then Bob Myers getting up there and saying like, "Well, we we saw him play, so we didn't think about the games that he missed." It, it's just it's absurd. Like I understand that trades fall through and, and different teams can have different medical opinions, but. This thing just ended up being bizarre, and that's why I said it just seemed very high schoolish. Like there, and at the end of the day, nothing's going to come of this. I don't think so. And then have we just finally just moved past this dumb thing, and, and the trade's done now, and I, I can't see anything else coming out of this. Do you? Well, as far as I know, the NBA is still planning to investigate, or you know, do, do in whatever form that may entail, and. You know, I guess they'll find whatever they find. From my vantage point, it doesn't really seem like uh, they have much of a case, or that they're going to be able to get some draft picks back, or the fine, or whatever. I, I, I don't, I don't really know the inner workings of how these sort of investigations work. What I will say is that in the process of my reporting on this story, I went back through my notes and through all of the different practices and times that Chauncey Billups and players, and even Gary himself, have talked about. Uh, their handling of this injury and from training camp on up through, you know, some of those practices earlier in the season where Chauncey talked about it. And even when it got closer to him coming back every single time on record, he said, we're not going to make him play before he feels like he's ready. And then the night that Gary made his debut on January 2nd against the Pistons after the game, somebody asked him about the minutes restriction that he was on, which I believe was 12 or 13 minutes at the time. And Gary said, yeah, that's what they say my minutes restriction is. But I told Chauncey that if he wants me to play more, I'm willing to play more. Like he, he, it, 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 from everything that I've heard, both on and off the record, like people have talked to about this situation, it sure sounds like everything has been consistent as far as they were never going to pressure him to play before he was ready. And the, you know, the, the, it's, it's not, it's not like, you know, his medical history was a mystery. Like, you you look at you know what the way that you know the, what Bob Meyer said. I did watch that press conference yesterday, and he said you know we just assumed that because he played the other night against us that he's going to be healthy enough to play. I mean, yeah, he he missed you know the first half of the season yeah. with this core muscle surgery that everybody knew about, and then after you know he missed a handful of games after he came back, but all of the he did not miss any games due to a core muscle issue. He missed. Three games, so he tweaked his ankle a little bit in that first game. He missed their upcoming three-game road trip they had after that. And then I believe after that he missed one game due to a, I think it was like a quad contusion. It was some sort of like leg bruise, but like not a big deal. 
And then he missed another game because he was sick. So it's not even like this core thing after he came back from at least based on the public injury reports that the team puts out, which is the only thing we can really go off of without talking to the athletic trainers, which gets into HIPAA stuff. So that's never going to happen. But from the, you know, from everything we can gather, the core thing, once he started playing and kind of realized the pain was and the discomfort was just as good as it was going to be and he was just going to gut through it, uh, it was not an issue for him going forward. That's why he said, right? He said, the rest of the year, it is what it is. I got to thug it out. Like, those are from his own That's words. Those were his words, yes. And then it just, it, and it's weird because, you know, Cronin goes up for the press conference. And I, again, I don't know if you've ever seen this. I don't remember it. Cronin went up for the press conference and found out at the press conference that the Warriors had failed his physical and now there was a problem with it. Like, no one reached out to the Blazers and told them they just went to Shams, they just went to the Athletic. It's just. That's what I was told. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think Joe found that out on. At the press conference, I think he probably, if I had to guess, he probably, like, because I think the story came out of, like, probably five, ten minutes or something before he walked in for the press conference. I think he saw it when we saw it, so maybe he had, like, five minutes to process it, but that's really still not enough time to really... Have a have a heads up, and I mean, I'm I'm not going to really tell any you know media outlet how to how to do their business. But to me, like like if you're especially if you're going to run some pretty serious accusations like yeah. this, the least you can do, and this is like 101 stuff, is reach out to the team and yeah. say you know, hey, we're this is what we have. Would you be willing to comment? And if they decline to comment, then you say they decline to comment. Like that's the that's kind of not really you know that that's pretty basic stuff to me. The fact that it went out. And the entire Blazers organization, from what I've been told, was just completely blindsided by it. And not only were, you know, the various media outlets that reported on it not reach out to them for comment, which, you know, is something you should do. But also, they didn't know from the Warriors that the Warriors had any issues with his medicals until the story came out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's, it's, it's absolutely bizarre to me. It just, this just all seems like it's, it's fairly boilerplate type stuff that I, I go back to why why this went down. It just it's other than sour grapes or a, a bone to pick, but I, I do think that for a while there, and I remember when this came out, I was like, boy, this doesn't look good for Portland. I mean, you're basically accusing someone of 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 covering stuff up and involves of a trade. I'm like, this is really bad. I'm like, this is serious. And then, you know, so you, when you when you read that report, you know, you, you kind of take it at face value. And then 48 hours later, you look back at that and be like, boy, it puts a completely different spin on it and that's i think that's problematic when you run something like that because reputations can get damaged and that stuff matters it matters in the eyes of fans and i think it matters in a lot of the reputation that goes around the league you don't want to be viewed as a team that deals you know conducts business that way right and i don't think they are i was talking a couple days ago while this was all going on to an agent of another player on the blazers who told me and you know this this player you know he's been here for a few years and has had a few different injuries that he's dealt with throughout that time uh, during his time when Portland has this, and this player's agent told me that not only was the way that the Blazers handled, uh, you know, this player's injuries that is when one of his clients been totally proper and above board the whole time. But he also said that he would put Joe Cronin at or near the top of the league in GMs as far as, you know, communication and transparency and being honest and doing everything the right way. And, you know, you also saw, unprompted after Josh Hart made his debut with the Knicks the other night, he went out of his way. He was not even asked about this, but he went out of his way to say, I just want to say that the Portland organization is a class act and they do everything the right way. And Joe Cronin is great. And you know, everything they do is, is by the book. And like, 
clearly, you know, if this is out there about about them, like clearly other players on the team don't feel that way. Yeah. We're talking to Sean Hyken of the uh, Rose Garden Report. Now that that's all behind you, I, can, can we look at this with, with the exception of, uh, you know, Fiebel now being the greatest thing of, of all time? Nothing much has changed, right? At, at the end of the day, is, is this even a playoff team? I think they could get out of the play-in depending on the matchup. Like, if you have game and he's yeah. healthy, like, that's, that's the thing is, like, you know, you look at, I don't think, and I wrote this the day of the trade deadline. Like, I realized a lot of people were very underwhelmed by, you know, they didn't make a big upgrade or they didn't make any bigger moves. I don't think this, what they did at the trade deadline makes them better, but I also don't think it really makes them that much worse. Like, as long, I think there's, and also when you look at some of the other teams in that play-in mix, Oklahoma City has started to fall off a little bit. Utah clearly, you know, they they made the trade that they made and sold off some of their veterans. They're clearly, you know, going the other way and going for the lottery. We'll see what happens with the Lakers. We'll see if LeBron eventually just decides to shut it down now that he got the scoring record. Maybe they won't be in the mix. They, I think they'll still probably, unless they decide to shut it down, which I at this point I don't think they're going to, but. You know, we'll we'll see what happens if Dane, you know, re-aggravates the calf or, or whatever else. As of right now, my understanding is that they're still going into every game trying to win every game, and they aren't planning on trying to shut Dane down or anything like that. And as long as you get into the play-in, how many players will you take in a single elimination game over Dane? He's he's on a heater right now. Uh, Jeremy Grant recently switched over to Clutch, and, and there's a lot of people who kind of immediately hear that and start to worry. What are your thoughts in terms of, of Jeremy Grant and his next contract? I don't think he's going anywhere. I would, I would be shocked if he if he did. I think. I mean, you saw what happened with Josh Hart. They, you know, when they traded for Josh Hart a year ago in the CJ McCollum trade, they viewed him as kind of a long term piece and somebody they wanted to keep around and set the culture and you know whatever else. And as this year came along, it kind of became clear that they weren't going to be able to re-sign him, and they didn't really have the money because they had other stuff to do. And so what they did was they traded him and got something for him. I feel like if they had a thought that maybe, uh, you know, Jeremy Grant is going to leave or they don't know if they'll be able to keep him or he's going to cost too much to keep him, they would have done the same thing. They would have traded him and got something else for him. I wouldn't really look at the clutch thing as that big of a deal, first of all, because I think what actually happened was, and this was first reported by your colleague, Danny Morang, uh, who got it directly from Jeremy and tweeted it the other night, but he didn't just fire his agent and switch over to clutch his previous agency got bought out by clutch. So it's really just the agency that he was already with got absorbed by clutch. So it's really not that big of a deal. But as far as that, even that part of it, the Blazers have a longstanding working relationship with clutch. Chauncey Billups, the head coach is a clutch guy. Yusuf Nurkic is a clutch guy. And he just got that contract that he got, which I think was sort of payback for clutch allowing, uh, him you know them to shut him down last season in order to tank like they they have a strong relationship with clutch so i don't think i know everybody thinks oh because clutch is lebron's agency he signs with clutch that means he's going to go to the lakers i would be i think i don't think he's going to sign the four-year 112 uh extension that he's eligible for right now i think what's going to probably happen is he's going to take it into free agency and he's going to re-sign i think it's going to be the extra year so the fifth year and maybe it's going to be like 30 or 32 a year instead of 28. So I don't think, I don't think there's really any danger of him leaving. He seems like he likes it here. You know, he and game are obviously very close. Uh, you know, he seems happy here. He, he likes his teammates. Everybody on the team likes him. Like, I don't really see why he would leave. I would, I, I'm going to guess, this is just a guess, but I think this is going to be one of those deals like the Anthony Simons deal last year where 
at 12.01 on June 30th, that's going to be like one of the first ones that comes out. Well, and it should be priority number one because if you bring back Grant, then you can take a swing in the offseason with maybe some of the assets. And, you know, the future starts looking a little brighter. If Grant leaves, it's that's just a huge step backwards. So, you know, fingers crossed on that one. Wizards in town tonight. Blazers a one-point favorite. He's Sean Heike. You can read his stuff at the Rose Garden Report. And uh, don't have too good of time in, in Salt Lake, that wild and crazy city at the All-Star Game, will you? I'll see what I can do. Good to talk to you guys. And, and by the way, Salt Lake's fine. It gets a it gets a bad rap. I spent. I don't a lot- have an issue with Salt Lake City. I've only been there a couple of times, but I I I I don't have anything against that city. I, I spent five years around there, Provo. But you know, it's it's all right. It's it's getting better. There's stuff to do. Just get ready for some watered down beer. That's all. <laughs> all right. Th- thanks for taking a couple minutes for us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the NBA All-Star game being in Salt Lake because nothing says NBA good times like Salt Lake. Although, you know, those Utah Jazz teams, those guys could party. Like, there's there was always that, uh, there's an edge to the the Utah Jazz. And their fans aren't necessarily the kindest and, and most gentle fans in the NBA. So, you know, maybe there is something to, you know, good times to be had at the NBA All-Star game. You would defend Utah. Look at you and your BYU shirt. You're wearing a BYU shirt right now. That I am. Look, I'm not going to defend Provo. You don't need to go to Provo okay. ever. There's no even if you go There's to no see, reason to in the world. Go see a BYU game, but stay in Salt Lake. Okay, commute. Perfect. Drive the 40 minutes right from Salt Lake. See the game in Provo. Go back to Salt Lake. There's no reason to be in Salt or in Provo. Salt Lake, it's all right. Uh, that's Sean Hyken uh, getting a little catch up there on the Blazers and hopefully the stupid Gary Payton thing, which is just such a dumb soap opera story. Yeah, I hope we never talk. I mean, it, yeah. it's good to get an update on it. I'm glad he updated, but I'm, with I'm good if we never yeah, talk we're, about it, it Unless something happens, the NBA investigates and they take away some picks or something, which I don't see happening. That is in the rearview mirror. Gary, Gary Payton Jr. didn't want to be here. Great. Good luck. Be back in, in Golden State. You know, more power to you. Hats off and, uh, you know, move on. And again, we don't need him anymore because apparently Thibault is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> he's out there just knocking down threes. Guy that couldn't get off the bench in Philadelphia and couldn't hit a shot to save his life. Now he's Ray Allen out there in the corner. So there you go. Um, when we come back, uh, we'll get back into some NFL stuff. And uh, I want to ask you just kind of the kind of the thoughts here as we, we look ahead. A lot of quarterback shuffling going on in the NFL, and it seems to become the norm now these last couple seasons. Where are we going with this? And uh, we had one of the big dominoes fall today in the NFL. So we'll talk a little quarterback play when we come back. Primetime here on the phone. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back in. Next hour, Darren Smith of Fox Sports Radio down in Kansas City. He was there uh, at the game in the locker room. Apparently, uh, he said he was he was having a good time celebrating with some of the uh, the Chiefs players. Is well, that right, Buckley? Apparently, he had done a uh, he had done an interview with Frank Clark, and Frank Clark had told him, "We're going to win this game. We're going to win that S." And yeah. so after the game, there's video shot by another reporter, Frank Frank Clark, storming through the locker room and giving Darren a big bro hug, saying, "I told you we was going to win that S." <laughs> there you go. So he'll join us uh, next hour, top of the hour, talk a little Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I want to get into the quarterback stuff. We're up against it though, but you you were 
we were talking, uh, you know, during the break about obviously the the infamous holding call was or wasn't a penalty and all that. And I heard someone today. I heard uh, someone asking this question about like situational football. I hadn't thought about this, but I, I just it was kind of one of those things rattling around my head. And we have a few minutes here. I thought I'd squeeze it in. The idea in in all kinds of of, of situational football, like having the awareness is sometimes the most important thing. Look, Jarrett McKinnon, right? They were trying to let him score. And McKinnon had the awareness in situation in situational football slide down, right? A touchdown at that point is is worse than sliding down. You're trying to bleed the clock, and you can eventually end the game. And they brought up the fact that in that case, if you're Philadelphia, and he alluded to the fact that Pete Carroll actually works on this, so I thought it was interesting. He said Pete Carroll is like, that's, he has like 150 different situations that Pete Carroll is always drilling into people. Hey, if this happens, if this happens, this happens, and you always want to be prepared for it. And he said in that situation, it would have behooved Philadelphia to have a looser defense um, being played. The idea that no holding penalties, no pass interference, because at that point, like if you're Bradbury, right, you're up in Juju Smith's uh, kitchen right there trying to jam with the line of scrimmage, obviously trying to prevent what's happened the last two times you've been down on the goal line. But he made an argument that that should have been communicated that the worst thing that can happen in that situation is to have a penalty. Yeah. Like, even if you get burned, even if you give up the touchdown, it's almost like the 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 reverse of DBs are taught, hey, if you get beat deep and you're the last man, tackle him. Yeah, I mean, Ta- tackle him before the ball gets there because the, the pass interference penalty is better than the touchdown. And this is the reverse. A holding penalty there was a hundred times worse than just getting beat on the route and giving up the touchdown. You tell you tell your safeties to creep up. Yeah, because you keep everything in front, and we're playing to the stick. Everything in front of the stick. If you get beat deep, let it go. Let it go. We can give up a touchdown. The one thing we cannot give up is a reception that gets them down at the one or the two. Yeah. And I think the first down was like roughly the three, four yard, like something like, like that. that. Yeah. Whatever. You know what I mean? They they couldn't give up a first down. So play play everything in front. If you get beat deep, that's okay. We our offense has to go the length of the field. But the one thing we can't do is give up a play right in that sweet spot at like the two yard line that gives us a first down. And, and yeah, that's a situation where you don't hold. I, I have real questions. I mean, the, the, I think the Cardinals hired him as the Eagles defensive coordinator yes. as, as their head coach. Gannon is now, well, I guess it's not official yet, but they, he never left Arizona after that game and, and they're working out the details, he's, but he will be the next head coach. He, Eagles fans are, ha- he's not a great defensive coordinator. And there are little things in that Super Bowl. That they did that the Chiefs picked up on near the goal line, and there's been a lot of breakdowns, uh, video breakdowns of yeah. that, with how they switched guys in motion. That was a dead tell. And yeah, Bianami said as much. They saw it when they were playing Jacksonville, and he goes, We can expose this. Well, they purposely in the first half had the guy go in motion and not stop yep. to show, okay, what they do is they have the corner trade to safety, safety takes the man in motion. That communication, because you have to switch, leaves a situation that if you stop motion and go back, you're wide open. And that's what the Chiefs did twice. But, well, the first time they did that, the second time they switched their defense and said, stay with him, and he couldn't. And so it was an easy touchdown. I, I have issues. Some of those things, are, like you mentioned with this holding thing, are situational hangups that a really good defensive coordinator doesn't let happen. They're easy breakdowns to take advantage of. And I, I, again, Eagles fans saying, 
uh, we're kind of okay losing our defensive coordinator. Well, it's, it's funny because Philly's defense was really good all year, but when you look at the best offenses they played, when you take, uh, I think I said when you take the four best offenses they played, Dallas has included that, Kansas City, you know, they gave up 30-plus points a game right. to those defenses. Right. So, And I argued all year, and I was not the biggest Eagles fan. I thought they were fraudulent, which yeah, was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. They were a better team than I thought halfway through the year. I think I told you like week eight. Yeah. The Eagles are frauds. Yeah, you weren't sold. And they, they weren't. They were much better than that. But there were glaring holes, and, and it, especially defensively in some of the things they were doing. And it took playing good teams to expose that. And that's why the Niners, like Debo and some of the Niners this whole week, have been talking and being like, we wanted, our, we wanted our shot. Yeah. We wanted our shot with a healthy quarterback because we would have beat them. And they said, that defense has no holes. And I think it was Debo that was like, no, 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 no. They had a lot of holes. And it, they had good talent. That was on the defensive coordinator. I think that's a bad hire. I think that's going to be a nightmare for the Cardinals. And I think they're going to really regret it. We're going to head out to Kansas City. We come back. Darren Smith of uh, Fox Sports Radio 810 will join us We'll ask him because you know not a lot of people want to talk before a game. But I wonder if behind closed doors, if Kansas City didn't think that same thing that there were plays to be made, and in the second half, boy, were they made. That when we come back, prime time here on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 